Tiger fans, show your pride on the road by purchasing an official State of Kansas Tiger Tag. The process is quick, easy, and your $30 license plate fee will support scholarships at Fort Hayes State University. Visit FHSUalumni.com slash drive or contact the Alumni Association to learn more. Your car or truck isn't complete without a Fort Hayes State University Tiger Tag. Visit FHSUalumni.com slash drive today. Go Tigers! And welcome to our latest installment of the Defend the Fort podcast. And we are visiting with another member of the Class of 2022 in the Fort Hayes State Sports Hall of Fame. It is... Former baseball standout, Derek Pomeroy. Derek, thanks for joining us, and congratulations. Take us through when you got the phone call and uh, found out you're going to be the latest member in the Tiger Sports Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, happened to be this summer, and uh, I was out traveling uh, around the country. We were actually in Atlanta with my youngest son playing baseball uh, at Lake Point there in Georgia, and I happened to get a voicemail from the athletic department um and it had just gone to voicemail we were in a ball game and um kind of had forgotten that i'd gotten the call and uh didn't even check the voicemail i'd just seen that i'd missed a call from the athletic department and uh <laughs> never returned that call and we got back home uh four or five days later and we got another call from the i think i got a direct call from uh coach hammocky curtis hammocky and uh he said, hey, uh, our athletic department tried to reach out to you the other day. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I totally forgot. We're in Atlanta. Um, just didn't even check the message. Uh, he goes, well, so you don't have any idea what, why I'd be calling you. And I said, no, I don't. And he said, well, you're going into the Hall of Fame. So um, that was pretty awesome. You know, Coach Hammocky was my coach uh, at Fort Hayes and was one of the main reasons I came to Hayes. So for him to – to give me the news was um, pretty exciting, kind of overwhelming, but uh, definitely an exciting moment for me. Yeah, I was about to say a little anticlimactic, but actually in a way it ended up being a little bit sweeter to have the, the, the your old head coach to give you a phone call. That's pretty it, cool. It, it absolutely was, and it just it worked out perfectly. And, uh, you know, I think he thought maybe he's dodging the call from the athletic <laughs> department or something, and uh, it was great to hear from him. And I, I know he – once he realized that I didn't know what was going on, he was he was pretty excited to, to be the one to give me the news. So that was just a great day. Visiting with Derek Pomeroy. He's one of the members of the class of 2022 to be inducted into the Tiger Sports Hall of Fame, former Fort A State baseball player out of Topeka. And I always like to, to find out everybody's story and how they how – they, Ended up at Fort A State. I know uh, you're a Topeka native. You you played at Barton for a couple of years, and then you ended up a Tiger. Take us through that process, how that all went down. And I'm glad to do it because one of the things I'm dreading about this this induction is the speech that I'm going to have to give and trying to uh, not be so long-winded and go through everything. But um, it was a, a great experience in Barton County. Um, Curtis actually was our assistant coach at Barton. And um, after my sophomore year, I had some some offers, some mid-major Division One offers and some Division Two offers. But Coach Hammocky had talked about that the Fort Hayes State job was coming open, and um, if it did, he was going to apply for the job. And um, he had kind of mentioned that towards the end of the season. It didn't really stick with me back then. And sure enough, he uh, he got the job. Uh, 
and it must have been a, a late evening when he, when he finalized the deal because the next morning I was in Topeka and uh, six thirty in the morning the phone rings and uh, of course I didn't hear it I was dead asleep downstairs but my dad uh, was upstairs and you could always hear his, his heavy footsteps coming towards the basement and he yelled down at me to pick up the phone that Curtis was on the phone and kind of was asking what kind of trouble I had gotten into and I, dad I have no idea what's going on right now. And uh, Coach Hammocky just said, hey, I got the job last night at Fort Hayes. Um, I want you to drive down to Hayes today, um, show you the campus, um, kind of take you around the, the university and, and talk to you about being a Tiger. So I drove out that day. Uh, we met at Larks Park. Uh, man, Larks Park back then was not what Larks Park is today. Uh, pretty rough. Uh, we had played there the two previous falls. Uh, at Barley County, and I think our third baseman almost lost his eye my freshman year on a bad hop at Larch Park. So Coach Hamakey wasn't selling me on facilities and amenities. He was uh, selling me on the chance to come play right away and have a chance to, to turn around the program. I know they struggled the few years that we had played them, and Coach had always talked about how good the program was and how good the support was in the community back when he played and. um that's what he sold me on. My girlfriend at the time was still at Barton County. Um, it was an easy sell for me. Um, I think we sealed it with a double cheeseburger at the queue. And, <laughs> and the rest was kind of history. We, uh, we went from there. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good sales job by Curtis for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of recruiting visits are sealed with a trip to the queue and a, and a double cheeseburger. That's, I mean, there's, if you weren't sold by then, that, that's going to that's gonna wrap up the, the, the transaction. Um, and you, you mentioned, you know, Curtis coming, and, and really when you, when you look back and the success that eventually Bob Fernelli had and, and making the NCAA regionals and eventually a national runner-up finish, you can probably go back to those first couple of years with, with Curtis, really set the tone, set the foundation, and uh, change the culture of Fort Hayes State baseball. And uh, I, I would imagine there's a little bit of pride factor that you were one of, and there's several of you, there's, there's a whole group of you, but you were in on that first step. And you hear coaches all the time when they talk about turning a program around and changing the culture uh, you got to give credit to those guys who came in when it wasn't there and uh it's got to be a lot of pride to know that you kind of helped laid that foundation for all the future successes of the program without a doubt uh you know like i said going through and trying to put this speech together that was the thing that stuck out the most to me was um just the group of guys he was able to bring in those first two years uh, that i was here at Hayes. Uh, because there was some good talent left over. Fort Hayes was not very really good those two previous years, but there were some good players still around. We had Randy Beckett, mm-hmm. who was going to be our starter at shortstop, and Brad Haynes, who I, I know still at the athletic department, he was behind the plate, and we had some arms with Steve Morgan and, and Carl Dinkle and Will Baker. I mean, there was a Terry Knuckle with a guy that was still around. Like, yeah. There was some talent there, and then Curtis, you know, Pounded the Juco um, the route, uh, the Jayhawk West uh, in particular, and just brought in the right guys to kind of change that culture immediately. I think Juco baseball, that anybody that has any experience with that understands how much of a grind it can be and the mentality you kind of have to develop to make it through junior college baseball. And uh, Curtis realized that. He brought those guys in, and that's kind of the, the culture that we set 
at Fort Hayes State right away. And I tell you, that's my most memorable uh, moments. Hayes. It's not me breaking the Division Two hitting streak record and, and some of the individual stuff. It was this we were able to do together as teammates. And um, like you said, setting the foundation for what would be 20-plus years of phenomenal baseball for Hayes. Yeah, twenty four and twenty two. Your your junior year of ninety two, and that was after a four and ten start. And then the next year in ninety three, got off to a great start. Finished thirty four and twelve. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, since you kind of mentioned it and you touched on it, the hit streak. I guess if you're known for one thing, and you had a, I mean, you hit four thirty two, which is still the third best season single batting average in four day state history. And at the time you were done playing, it was the best in program history. We'll talk about that. But the hit streak. Uh, you ended your junior year with a 27-game hit streak. You you got it up to 34. Um, ironically, it only lasted about a year. It got broken. It's been broken since. But at the time, it was the longest hit streak in Division II baseball. Uh, take us through that 27-game hit streak, uh, your your junior year to close out the year. Uh, I'm sure you were aware of it, but did, did you give it much thought to that going into the offseason and when the 93 season came around? Uh uh, I did have some awareness about it. I think back then, uh, in Major League Baseball, uh, a guy by the name of Benito Santiago, 34-game hit streak. Uh, he was a catcher with the Padres. So there was some just number from a number-wise. was mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, familiar with that. But um, I remembered the first hit or the first day I got a hit my junior year to start the streak was at Washburn. It was, you know, obviously I'm being from Topeka, kind of remember those days um so it started there and just you know like you said had a pretty good year my junior year and was able to to close out the last 27 games with a hit um honestly heading in to that off season i wasn't sure if that was the end of the hit streak it, it would carry over or not um found out that it would um and then we my senior year we started on the road that was our first um full year in the RMAC, so we started on the road at Metro State and uh, had a really, the first three games of that series, I had a really good start to the season, seven or eight hits in three games, and was feeling pretty good, and it was the last game at Metro State, it would have been, I think, the 31st game of the streak, and I was 0 for 1, I think I got intentionally walked twice, and was coming up for my last bat, and uh, was up in the count, 3-0. It was a situation in the game where they couldn't walk me. We had guys on first and second, I believe. And um, honestly, throughout my career as a hitter, I was never really comfortable swinging in a 3-0 count. I just would usually take one and and make sure that uh, if I was going to get a free base, I'd take the free base. But there was some encouragement coming from the dugout that you need to swing at this next pitch. <laughs> and, and it was it was it was a ball that was probably out of the strike zone, but I was fortunate enough to kind of uh, slap a single into right field and uh, extend the streak there. And then, um, you know, to to break the streak was quite a story. And I, and Curtis reached out to me, and and they're trying to get photos together for for the Hall of Fame, and, and they want a headshot. Um, I have a picture in my basement from the Hayes Daily News that. Uh, was the day that I broke the streak and I'm running down the first baseline and just a really good shot of uh, Curtis and, and a lot of my teammates in the background kind of celebrating that moment as the ball dropped in and uh, 
what many people probably don't remember <laughs> about that day was uh, was a Sunday game against New Mexico Highlands, who we had just swept the night before uh, at Larks Park, and it was late March, I believe, and. The night before, it was you know, 50 degrees, 55 degrees, a decent <laughs> so, day in Hayes. I know where you're going with but, this. So. <laughs> yeah, the next morning. Just because I do remember. Yeah, the next morning, I remember, and, and Curtis had kind of mentioned at the end of the night, hey, maybe get some weather, but I believe it was our last game in town for a while or something. He was pretty adamant that he, he didn't want me sitting on the tied record, you know, uh, if we could get the game in and. Uh, sure enough, there was some weather. I remember driving to Larks Park that day, and it said 18 degrees <laughs> at the bank. And I think the wind was probably blowing 30 miles an hour. And it, uh, when I say Larks Park wasn't what Larks Park is today, we didn't have dugouts back then. If you remember, they were under construction. That's right. So we had three walls. We had no floor of the dugout. So we were on benches out in front of the dugout. And... <laughs> Uh, New Mexico Highlands, uh, to their credit, decided to play the game. But if you remember, they pulled their bus in behind the thir- uh, first base dugout, and they sat in their bus most of the game. <laughs> they would have a guy up to bat, a guy on deck, and then once that guy got out, a guy would appear out of their bus, and he would go to the on-deck circle. So um, it was kind of a crazy deal. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a hit early in that game and, and get the record, but I think the thing that I I think back to that time was in looking at that picture that I have is that it kind of brought a, a national spotlight to our program, kind of got us some respect, I think, again. And like I said, I think helped lead the foundation for for what was to come in the future of the program. Yeah, and I th- if I remember right, there were some flurries that day too. And absolutely, uh, you, you, <laughs> I remember you got the hit, and then it's like, great, we got to stay here to the end of the game to talk to you <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Probably wasn't right. professional just to go get the interview and go home, but yeah, that was a that was a literally cool moment. Uh, but uh, that, that was a that was a, certainly a fun time, and and obviously uh, the a highlight of a, a great two year career at at Four Day State. We mentioned uh, you were part of the the ground floor, and we're visiting with Derek Pomeroy. Class of 2022 inducting in the Tiger Sports Hall of Fame. 24 and 22, uh, 24 and 22 of that 92 season, your junior year, started 4 and 10. Uh, really did a good job to, to turn that season around, finished it strong, and have some momentum going into that senior campaign. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and it was kind of a weird time coming in as a junior college guy and not being very familiar with you know what it's now the miaa but district 10 we were an naia school right slash division two in the rmac so we would play benedictine and baker and and washburn but then we'd play mesa state and new mexico highlands it was just kind of a you didn't know who you were playing against you didn't know your opponents um and i think it took a it took a little while i remember the beginning of that junior year uh, we had just played at, I believe it's St. Mary's of the Plains was still around in Dodge mm-hmm. City, and um, we may have split with them. I can't remember, but I just remember after that double header thinking, man, we've got to get things turned around. This is this is not why I to school here, and I know a lot of the, my teammates, the junior college guys, were kind of feeling the same way. Um, got it turned around pretty quickly, um, and like you said, had a, just a successful year after you know the year before coming in to that junior year they had very little success as a program i think being able to 
to finish. I, I think we lost or the season ended with maybe a, a loss in District 10 debate. But um, just being able to finish on that positive note. And then Curtis, to his credit, too, uh, continued his recruiting and uh, went out and got Brian Keck, who was a freshman my senior year. And I know Keck's in the Hall of Fame, had a great career as a Tiger. And Hank Humphreys was another freshman mm-hmm. that provide that you know came in and did some really good things and and then brought in some arms you know that was the thing that i think still proves today if you're going to win you need arms and coach hammocky was a uh, a big believer in left-handed pitchers and um, the left-handed change-up so we had the jeremy shipman brian thurlow harper kerr steve jimenez steve morgan greg rico all left-handed guys that um, really gave us the chance uh on the mound that next year. Um, and then that senior year, I think if you go back and look at say seven, eight of our 12 losses were to Mesa state. Yeah. Um, they were a really good team. And I think we beat them once maybe in the mid season tournament, but, um, man, they were, they were, and then again, things turned around right away and the success we had, I think that kind of built a rivalry up with them um, that lasted for several years after yeah, that. Yeah, they lasted all the way through four-day state's time in the RMAC. Yeah, that team in 93, 16-1 start, then finished winning 9 of 12. And what folks may forget, only three teams made the NCAA tournament in a region. It was extremely Brutal. difficult. And, and and I think Curtis had a couple of teams. In fact, his last year of coaching, uh, they were kind of hurt worse because of bad weather that spring. And they just, they only got like 40 some games in. And um, had they played their full complement of games, I think would have had a great chance to make it. But I think your, your senior year um, in the structure of Division II baseball now, I think it's a no-brainer. You guys are an NCAA tournament team. Unfortunately, it was, I mean, it was almost impossible to get in. And, and it was kind of a disappointment for you guys to not make it but it was so difficult with only three per region going no doubt and that senior year i know heading into the armac tournament we felt like hey we gotta we gotta win this tournament if we're gonna keep playing and we came out and faced denver university uh right out of the shoot and they had a really good pitcher uh john uglo i believe his name was and they beat us in the first round. Uh, little known fact maybe is that I got ejected in that game in the last inning, uh, arguing a, a strike call where I had called time at the plate and uh, the umpire didn't give me time. <laughs> a guy throws a strike. I ended up striking out. It was in the seventh. And we lose that first game and then battle back through the loser's bracket, actually face Mesa State in a game I believe it was at Denver University that did not have lights and the game gets suspended in the seventh inning, I believe. We're tied nine to nine. We come back the next day. We take a 12-9 lead. They're the home team and they actually came back and walked us off uh, 13 to 12. And that's just kind of how that year went with them. It was back and forth. They were all really close games. And, you know, to their credit, they, they won and, and they moved on and went to the regional. But yeah, like you said, it would have would have been nice. I, I feel like we thought we were good enough to, to extend our season. And I know the year or two after that, there were a couple of times that the Tigers got in that same situation. But, you know, to Curtis's credit and obviously Bob's credit afterwards, they just kept knocking on the door until somebody opened it for us. And, and then once they did, the Tigers got into the postseason and really did some damage. Visiting with Derek Pomeroy, class of 2022 Hall of Fame inductee of the Tigers Sports Hall of Fame. Um, just kind of 
curious, players you looked up to, who some of the guys, some of the influences in your baseball career growing up, and then the, obviously through high school and college, some of the this different influences that have that have touched your your life and, and both on the field and maybe off. Well, sure. Just from a team teammate standpoint, um, here at Fort Hayes, you know, part of what I wanted to do uh, next Saturday when I get to talk about uh, my career is kind of acknowledge some of those guys that I played with that that aren't going to make it probably into the Hall of Fame stats-wise, but a guy like Devlin Mole, who was our second baseman, came from Dodge City uh, Community College, um, was our leadoff hitter, broke the school record for hit-by-pitch, on-base percentage over 500, but just his attitude and mentality. You know, we talked all the time still being a, a baseball coach about looking for guys with that dirtbag mentality and and a guy that's just going to lay it on the line uh every day for you and dev was definitely one of those guys he he made me look really good because he was always on base so if i did my job and and, and got a hit or hit a ball in the gap he was he was going to score i was going to get an rbi and the paper was going to talk about me um but just his commitment to to fort hay state and then another guy that comes to mind is lance henderson uh, Lance's dad, Rick, coached me growing up from the time I was nine through high school. So Lance and I were literally on every team together from the time we were nine through our college careers. So he was another guy that you talk about Dev and Lance. Maybe they don't they don't jump off uh, the charts when you look at them as far as this guy has the best arm or he's got the best bat or he's the fastest runner, but. Those two guys really stick out to me as being the best teammates you could have, guys that can help change the culture in a program, and I think they did that at Fort Hayes. They were uh, tremendous guys that, that wanted to win and, and would do whatever they could to, to make sure the Tigers would win. And um, you think back to guys like that, you just feel so fortunate to, to play with teammates that cared that much about um, the university, but you as a teammate they they didn't want to let you down and um those are the kind of guys that you can go go win a bunch of games with they don't have to be the biggest fastest strongest and or throw it the hardest they just they're just going to out compete you so i think back uh to some guys that i played with those two guys are definitely at the top of my list well, that uh, pretty pretty good list to have on the top. You're right; they both had really good careers, and uh, certainly got some some recognition uh, as well in you know, on all district teams and in the such. Hey, Derek, we're going to let you go. It's been a pleasure to relive uh, some of those past glories and your time at Fort Hayes State. Uh, congratulations once again. Well-deserved honor. Uh, we may, uh, before we let you go, just kind of give an update what you're doing now. And I know you've, you had a son play at Fort Hayes State, uh, another at Pitt. You got one uh, going through high school right now at Shawnee Heights. Yeah. Maybe just give us an update on all those, all those things for, for our uh, sure. listeners here to find out what's, what's been happening with Derek Pomeroy. <laughs> Sure. So, so uh, Dayton, uh, my oldest son, uh, and my middle son, Dawson, they were both actually born in Hayes. Um, we lived uh, in Hayes until Dayton was three or four, and Dawson was probably a year and a half old. But those guys always like to claim that they're from Hayes, Kansas. They get a big kick out nice. of saying they're from Hayes. And uh, Dayton, both of them kind of followed my footsteps. They both went to Barton County. Dayton uh, had some Division One offers very similar to me, lower division one offers, and he was dead set on playing at Fort Hayes State. He was – it never even crossed his mind to go anywhere other than Hayes. And, um, you know, he likes to give me a hard time anytime we talk about 
Fort Hayes baseball that he out homered me in his career at Fort Hayes, and uh, I, I can't argue with him. I like mean, every, like every son, yes, <laughs> hold it over dad's right. head. Right, he, he likes to give me that down. Yeah, you might be going in the hall of fame, but I hit more home runs. And <laughs> um, I get to chuckle out. That's awesome, uh, Dawson. Kind of a more, you know, in this COVID world that we we live in, uh, Dawson went to Barton, actually led them to the first uh, JUCO World Series appearance that they ever had, um, went to Campbell University and uh, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, Division One school that's actually been really good over the last decade, been to several regionals, but um, got hurt at Campbell, redshirted at Campbell, came back um, playing for Bob Fernelli at Pitt State. You know, he comes back, first year back, it's COVID, they cancel the season after 20 games. Uh, the next year he plays, he's an All-American. Um, and then last year what would have been his, his senior season, he gets hurt the first game of the year. And uh, NCAA was uh, nice enough to give him a waiver. So we give him a hard time. This is like year 10 of him playing college baseball. But he's a senior at Pitt State, and I know he, he's looking to, to have a, a big finish to his career. And then my youngest son, Deacon, he's a sophomore for us at Shawnee Heights. And, I've just been super fortunate being a coach at Shawnee Heights um, for the last 20 years, and I've got to to coach all three boys through high school. Deacon actually might be the best of all three of them. He he actually um, has a chance to be really good, but um, he's a sophomore for us, uh, lettered as a freshman in, in basketball and baseball, and um, plays for the Kansas City Royal Scout team in the summer and fall time. He's he's actually missing a game against the Canadian national team on the 24th. Um, to, uh, to come to the induction ceremony, which uh, his mom, uh, Diana, and I was like, hey, this kid needs to play baseball. He doesn't need to come watch his dad give a speech. But she's insisting that he be at, uh, at the induction. So, um, no, I've been at Sunny Heights for the last 20 years coaching baseball and various other sports. And I have a business in Topeka, uh, Dynamic Player Development, uh, where I work with uh, – baseball and softball players um, with a heavy focus on hitting um, and just been super fortunate over the years to, to be able to still stay in the game that I love and, and never really feel like I've had a real job. You know, it's uh, something with baseball or softball every day. So just living the dream, to be honest with you. Well, that's awesome. That'd be cool. Your son will be there and sons will be there. That, that's, that's pretty cool. That, uh, will be a part of it. I'm sure he'll be glad in the end that, that he was there. Derek is always good to visit with you. Um, appreciate the time and congratulations once again, well-deserved honor in the Tiger sports hall of fame. That's awesome. Appreciate it so much. Uh, thank you again. And honestly, thank you to the Hayes community and Fort Hayes state university. That's a, some of the most wonderful times of our lives were spent out in Hayes and super excited to get back to town and, and just uh, see all the facilities and, and see the university again. That is Derek Pomeroy, class of 2022 inductee into the Tigers Sports Hall of Fame and our latest guest on the Defend the Fort podcast.